can't believe you found coffee. Thank you. Uh-oh. Sugar, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, hold on. Three. You like three. There's a shirt over there. Should be your size. How many times have we been here? How many times? Where are the keys? Where are the yeah, goddamn okay. keys? You can fly it, can't you? No. Well, yes. I mean, I can take off. I'm still working on my landings. What are we still doing here? You're wasting time. Rita, if you start that engine, you die. Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. And it is the new year, 2023. Hello, welcome. You've made it. You made it. Uh, you're nursing your hangover. You're you're tired. You're or no? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this will be Monday morning. So yeah, you're. Like oh no, af- I guess yeah. It's like two days after. But you probably you got know, off people- of work. It's like a bank holiday, so maybe you got drunk again the next night. <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> Not me, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am probably talking about myself because if I drank at all two days ago, um, I'm probably still fucked up. Mm. So I'm I'm hoping that I don't do that. I'm gonna try and just like sh- show up high. But that's uh, the it move. is not. Yeah. <laughs> it is not. Uh, it is not. We're recording this before New Year's, the day before actually. So. Um, Wish us luck um, and in the past, um, but hello, and this it's the first episode of, of 2023, and I believe episode 300. 300, yes, and this week we are watching Edge of Tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> a movie that yeah, could so, be kind of considered a contemporary to 300. They're like from uh, 10 years year. apart from each other, <laughs> I think. No, yeah. Um so, so we should explain to our non-Patreon subscriber listeners, what you're experiencing as we ring in the new year is a new uh, situation uh, in which we are under the control of something called the Dark Council. <laughs> um, this is a movie that was picked by a group of patrons. Who've subscribed who, to a luxury Patreon tier in which they uh, can the, force us to watch whatever movies they want. Um, but the, the one, the one, uh, the one caveat to this, the one restriction on their power is that they have to finagle them into some sort of a themed month. Right. And I, I think the rule now is that the rule that the theme can't repeat. 
Mm-hmm. And, That's uh, true. This, yes, I'm not doing this theme again. <laughs> well, it's barely a theme, and I think considering this is the first formation of the Dark Council, uh, I think it's fair that they had a little trouble figuring out what the theme is. Um, and they, the theme this month is montages, movies with montages in them. Uh, and this one, up, this one is very, very montagey. Like it the is, whole yeah. movie is 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 montage. And we'll get into that, but um, that's a very loose theme. And uh, as we go on, I think they become <laughs> less montagey. But um, like, I think if we were really doing a montage movie, we'd do like F for Fake and like Sans Soleil and like mm-hmm. you know movies that are mostly montage. Um, but some of them just have montages in them. So. This one we're starting with, that's the theme for the month. We didn't pick it. We've never seen, or I haven't seen any of these movies as far as I know. Um, So I'm excited to talk about them, but that's what's going on. We would have done something like 300 or (laughs) for our 300th episode, or maybe a a New Year's movie to ring in the new year or something like that. But the Dark Council has spoken. That's what they do. So if you want to tell us and force us to watch whatever we want, you can go to patreon.com slash generation laws and then form the next dark council. Uh, if you, that's something you so wish to do. If that sounds like how you want to get your kicks, I'd recommend doing it. <laughs> if you have some sort of weird Dom streak where you like telling <laughs> podcasters what they have to do. Yeah. Uh, we're into it. That's we're our into thing. It. That's our thing. We're subs. <laughs> We're podcast yeah, we, subs. <laughs> we like to be told what to do. Um, <laughs> I like to not figure out movies. <laughs> I don't know anything about them. Just tell me what to watch. Tell and I'll me tell what you to what watch. And give me analysis too. You know, if you want to like send me your notes. <laughs> and we'll just say what you said. We'll just say what you said as if it was our own idea. <laughs> yeah, it's fine by us. You know, I think in some um, ways um, <laughs> the, the, the bug aliens represent the future <laughs> <laughs> the impending liberal the future impending that, liberal the, that future. the sjw's are are trying to make us live in it's um, true uh but before we get into the film um we usually talk about what we watched this week so jeremy what did you watch this week thank you for asking you um, are so welcome this week my wife and i uh decided to give a new tv show a shot Oh, interesting. Um, not brand new. Uh, it's from a couple but months new to ago. You. But new to us. Uh, it's from a couple months ago. It's a Netflix original series called The Watcher, which was The Watcher. The Watcher, which was created by um, uh, famed hacks Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan, uh, who are known for their work on American Horror Story. Oh. and Glee and okay. Scream Queens <laughs> and Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did that too? Yeah. And so these guys made a new show. It's called The Watcher. Uh, and this one is really interesting because it's it's it seems like it's really kind of like more of a creative effort from them. Whereas like Dahmer is sort of just them being producer guys and being like, wouldn't this make a good good show and like here's kind of like the broad idea for it this one they i'm pretty sure they they wrote and directed everything for it themselves um and the premise basic premise of it is it's about a couple with two kids and they move to the suburbs 
they're from New York City. They move out to the suburbs in New Jersey. They buy this really big, beautiful, old, fancy house. And immediately upon moving in, they find that their neighbors are weird and creepy and hostile to them. And they start getting letters in the mail from a guy who calls himself the Watcher, who oh, okay. uh, writes them these like weird cryptic letters that are all I like gave you all the clues, policeman. Kind of, yeah. It's a lot like that. It's um, the letters are all like uh, you know, like I've watched your house for many years now. My father watched it before me. His father watched it before him. It's our what? job to watch this house. <laughs> oh my God, Naomi Watts is in it. Yeah, Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale and Richard Kind and Jennifer Coolidge and yeah, the 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 cast is absolutely bonkers but we'll get Mia we'll get Farrow? back to this yeah we'll get back to this <laughs> we're, we're getting ahead okay. of ourselves here so right. so they get these intimidating letters from this guy who calls himself the watcher uh saying stuff about how like the house like the house has like a spirit and there's like secrets and like you know it wants young blood and it's glad that you brought children for it and like they're just like these weird letters that they get and they like are trying okay. to um trying to figure out what's happening with it uh and it like gets increasingly like they get more threatening and then they like i don't know they like hire a private investigator to look into it because the cops aren't helping them and the thing unravels there's a whole bunch of mystery and whatever and it's like i think ultimately my my biggest takeaway from it is that it's kind of a piece of shit um it's very much in the spirit of american horror story where there's a lot of just like throwing out a sensational thing and then not really bringing it anywhere <laughs> along with you. For example, oh, uh, no. he meets a guy who lived in the house before him who says, I swear to fucking God, my son was down in the basement and he said there's a tunnel down there and that he went through the tunnel and he came out in the next door neighbor's house and he saw them drinking blood of a fucking baby. And he starts talking about like adrenochrome. <laughs> we live in Comet Pizza. <laughs> yeah, he literally starts talking about adrenochrome and shit. And uh, and then Bobby Cannavale goes down and finds the tunnel and he goes through it and he chases somebody through it and he mm-hmm. finds a fucking underground bedroom down there. Uh, and cool. then they just like never they never go back. They never talk about it again. They just what? board it up and they're like, all right. The rest of- Wait, did you watch the whole season? Yeah. Uh huh. And that's it. That's it. I mean, they're going to make a what? season two, but originally this is a limited series. So that means that originally these guys thought that was like a fine way to leave that plot thread. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? Um, so ultimately it, kind of what you have is like a deeply unsatisfying, like sort of, uh, horror mystery show that doesn't really ever explain a whole lot or give you a whole lot to reward your having watched. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and, and a lot of like very, very heavy handed, um, like commentary type, like capital C commentary type stuff about like Uh-oh. the suburbs and like people moving the to the suburbs, <laughs> you know? So it's like, they, they talk all the time about how like the city's so unsafe. Now we moved out here to feel safe and now we feel even less safe than we did in the city. And like, wow, what? our neighbors are watching us and we're watching our neighbors and nobody feels safe with all this space between them. And it's so quiet out there all the time. And people really talk very openly about this stuff like there's stuff that's a little like a little further below the surface like um uh like when they move there bobby cannavale just starts to like 
become more conservative and like mean and like he starts like uh like being weird to his daughter and being like you're wearing fucking lipstick go take that shit off you know like i can see your bra go go put a better shirt on you like disgusting whore and like in in that the plot thing. it's that like he's starting to be like seemingly possessed by a spirit of the guy who murdered his family there but like i guess it's also oh, supposed really? to be about how like the suburbs make people conservative i don't know it's a lot of that sort of <laughs> stuff the interesting thing about it though the thing that i do really really like and it's an it's an approach i've never really seen before is doing a straight-faced horror mystery show with almost exclusively comedic actors you know like you've got like richard kind is like an incredible comedic mind you know you've got yeah he's great bobby cannavale is really funny he's in a lot of funny stuff he's a very he's got chops you know jennifer coolidge is fucking incredible you know like you've got a lot of really really funny people in this movie what's his name um uh, the guy who plays uh, Shooter uh, Shooter Gavin in in, um, in Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, is uh, in Christopher it. McDonald. Yeah, um, he's the cop. Um, Bru- Br- yeah. Um, so it's kind of an interesting approach because you're able to have this, you know, ostensibly an actual horror show that you're supposed to be scared and confused and whatever by. Uh, and you are. I mean, all throughout it. I mean, until the end, basically, I was like very intrigued by everything that would happen. And it'd be like, ooh, how's this going to fit into the whole thing? How's this going to fit into the whole thing? And just like American Horror Story, you get to the end <laughs> and you're like, it it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything G- great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, is it worth watching at all? Uh, a little bit. I think um, I think Richard Kind and uh, Margot Martindale together, they are a uh, they're a, uh, they're a married couple. Um, what are they? Oh, Mitch and Mo. Uh, and she goes by Big Mo. Uh, and they are super funny all the time. They're really, really funny. The both of them together. Um, so, I mean, I think they're kind of worth the price of admission but uh no otherwise no i don't think it's worth watching (laughs) (laughs) and naomi watts isn't good either she's all right she's okay like it's just like they don't really have a lot to work with is the thing you know like you've got people acting really well and you've got good comedic things happening with your comedic actors like all that sort of stuff is on the money it's all doing fine but like it's just like the writing is really poor and it doesn't feel like the director really knows like what people are supposed to be feeling ever. <laughs> like it doesn't, <laughs> that's how I feel about, that's how I feel about all of American horror story mm-hmm. where it's just like, this is written by aliens. Yeah. Like it's not supposed to be really actually scary. It's not supposed to be funny. It's like somebody put, every horror movie into an ai yeah ai like spat out like 30 minutes of material that is like just stealing from some but like not necessarily putting them together in any order that makes any sense it also feels a lot of the time like it's like it's nonsensical it's like it's it's like it would be fed through an ai and then printed out and given to a drag queen and then given to them to be like (laughs) hey 
make this into a movie. And they're like, ah, because <laughs> <laughs> okay. there's this like sort of like really big campiness to it all the time that like you kind of end up being a little bit charmed by by the end of it. Like if you kind of like if you take American Horror Story as camp, I think it it becomes a little more enjoyable when you just like see like I always remember in that one season where they're at the the asylum and there's one episode where there's just aliens and then they never talk about it again. It never happens again. Nothing ever becomes of it. And you're just supposed to be like, oh, I guess aliens are involved in this story as well. But if you take that as sort of being <laughs> like... season two, right? I think so, yeah. If you take that as being just like stupid on purpose to be ridiculous and over the top i think it actually is kind of funny to put in there just like in the middle of your your show about you know an asylum where the 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 staff are abusing the patients and whatever and then out of nowhere it's just like big green light flying saucer aliens are just there (laughs) (laughs) it did it was like that it was so stupid yeah that show sucks I thought the third one was also like every season has that problem where it's like the third season is like, oh, this is kind of an interesting vibe. And like, I guess it's like sort of tongue in cheek, too. But there was like and then it just like gets so spun off in different directions that it's just like, wait, what is the vibe at all? Like, what is what am I supposed to be? What is anyone feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, They suck. I think. Yeah, Not I agree. Good. They suck. Well, what did you watch? <laughs> well, it was Christmas this week. Um, you bet it was. So, and so I, <laughs> so I watched a lot of Christmas movies. Um, as usual, I watched Muppets Christmas Carol, um, which is a beautiful movie, mm-hmm. which we've talked about many times. Um, but I also watched, and I also watched Nightmare Before Christmas, which I always watch. Um, but... I also watched uh, something called The Muppets Family Christmas, which I've never seen before. Um, and I I heard about it on Twitter. Um, somebody posted it, uh, a campster. Uh, he, he makes errant signal on YouTube. He posted it, uh, a link that had the full thing. That's like a TV special, it looks like. With commercials. Ooh, um, so from 1987, that's fun. And a lot of them, I was like, oh, wow, I remember this commercial. I mean, it must have been like two years old or whatever. But uh, it was pretty interesting to watch it with commercials. Um, Thing about it is that it aired once. And then as far as I can tell, never aired again. So somebody like there's a there's oh, you a higher got all quality. the homies are here, too. We got we got Fraggle Rock in here. We got Big well, that's Birds what's in interesting, here. Is that it? It's the only Muppets. uh it's the only Muppet anything that has every franchise in it. Mm-hmm. So it has Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, and the regular Muppets all together. Um, and the story is like the guy from Fraggle Rock, the the guy who's like the regular guy who's in the shop, like with the dog, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to like stay in an air in, in like a B and B. Airbnb. Uh, I almost said Airbnb, but a regular, a regular B&B. B&B. A ground yeah. B&B, if you will. <laughs> a land B&B <laughs> um, that is owned by Fozzie's mother. And they're going, they're surprised, all the Muppets are surprised visiting Fozzie's mother. And uh, he's supposed to be staying there, but 
she's like, well, you, all of my friends and fa family are here now, but you can still stay here. <laughs> and then it turns out there's a fraggle hole and the fraggles are there too. And then, and then all of Sesame Street is just caroling and then shows up. And then the Swedish fish is trying to kill Big Bird. <laughs> uh, it's really silly. And I think... I think the reason that it, it has never aired again or isn't on Netflix or anything or Disney plus or whatever is because it has like um, real songs in it, like Christmas songs mm. and they sings and some of those are just like copyrighted now. Um, and that's most of the songs. So I guess they like had the rights to air it once and then just like never did it again. So uh, it it's pretty weird. <laughs> it's not, as like beautiful and you know heart-wrenching as Muppet Christmas Carol is sure and it isn't as cute as Emmett Arter's Christmas which I also watched mm. but it is fun it's it's definitely for kids it feels it feels more for kids um than this than 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 the other two things um but I, I thought it was a fun thing to watch just to be like weird things that are just in complete copyright limbo <laughs> yeah and i'd never even heard of it because it happened once and then never again yeah it's one of those things like the like the star wars holiday special where it's right, like exactly it's just this like little tv moment that like gets lost to time until somebody just like digs it up and they're like i have like some faint memory of this and then they watch <laughs> and they're like oh my god this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars Christmas special is so fucking it's bad. It's <laughs> so fucking bad. It's so weird. It's everything about it is just so wrong. Why is it Life Day and not Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point if you're going to do a different holiday? <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, it's really weird because it made me realize that like stuff just was live. It like TV was often like, and, and I remember this like being a kid it's like if you missed it on tv you probably weren't going to see it again unless someone taped it for you yeah um but it was that that feeling was sort of coming back watching it where it's just like this lost thing yeah it was like watching somebody's tape of it i mean you literally are i guess yeah you're getting the commercials <laughs> and everything that's the only reason why that would be like that but yeah that is interesting that 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 is totally just a gone concept of like you missed it now it's gone forever i guess like right, streaming is kind of like that sometimes like like twitch streaming i mean but everybody yeah. who's worth anything has like a clips guy who just like you know makes clips yeah, of yeah. their channel or people rip it if it's like a class you know like it stays there on your vo the video on demand or whatever uh for forever yeah if you really want it to yeah, nothing is really ephemeral in that way anymore. Not nothing, but most of the media that people uh, consume is not ephemeral in that way. Um, everything is sort of accessible. There is stuff that just like David Lynch is on the air has like never been put on DVD. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if you don't have it on VHS, you can't see it. I mean, some of it is like ripped to... to uh, to um torrent sites or whatever but it's not like online anywhere um i i like things like that i like to i think more stuff should be made to just be a thing that people see once yeah 
But I don't know um, really how anymore. <laughs> P- public access. I had a friend. My friends made a uh, like a thirty minute like short film that only aired on pub- public access, and I literally don't know how to watch it. Mm. <laughs> I saw it, but it was really cool. But uh, you can just put stuff on public access. I mean, it doesn't cost that much money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing I watched was something called. Oh, I just realized I the the title completely fell out of my head. It's called I think Maple Farms Christmas. <laughs> what? Uh it was a Hallmark type deal. Um I don't we were looking for oh ma- a Maple Valley Christmas is what it's called. Um this was a Hallmark movie. Uh you know about Hallmark movies, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They make weird, I guess, like kind of low-key f- f- return fascist t- type Christmas movies where it's like you should live in the country slash suburbs and like your stupid job doesn't matter. Go home and marry a, you know, chiseled white man. Yeah, go back uh, to your hometown <laughs> where you meet like the local florist's son who has some sort of like non-specific <laughs> job as like... Uh, he, but it's like a good job so he's like a lawyer in town or he's something like kind of like rich too yeah, yeah or really rich um this one is about um maybe he's royalty of like an unknown country <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure the christmas prince mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't actually watched very many of these um but uh this one was i think probably the first actual hallmark hallmark one i've seen I usually watch the knockoff ones because they're even worse. Uh, I think I think maybe last year I talked about one called the Christmas Bell. Did I tell you about that one? I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I remember <laughs> you was, talking about these sort of movies at least. And that one is like shot on a home video camera <laughs> or something. And like the main character is like just they don't know how to dress her because she's like too big of a per like she's not fat or anything, but she like. It's like they didn't have the wardrobe for someone like slightly plus size. And uh-huh. So everything's like too tight. And she's like <laughs> busting out of everything. It's <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but definitely watch the Christmas bell because it's hilarious and bad. Um, it's like a Beauty and the Beast remake. But this year I watched A Maple Valley Christmas uh, starring Peyton List um, and Ella Cannon. Uh, just, I have no idea who any of these people are. Andrew Walker. Uh, but basically she is a, she and her sister are inheriting their mother's syrup ranch, uh, where (laughs) they make maple syrup, I guess. Um, but they just have like this huge amount of land Mm -hmm. and they clearly spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on Christmas decorations every year. Cause like every square foot of the, of it is like covered in wreaths and lights. And it's like, She's like, I got a lot of work around the ranch. <laughs> it's like, it looks like every scene is designed by like, you know, t- uh, Sears catalog people or whatever to make it look Christmassy. Mm-hmm. It's like, how long did this take? <laughs> and it's not for anybody. No one else works there. It's just the two of them. And the mom is retiring and leaving the place to her. And they're trying to buy their neighbor's land to expand um and then 
some real estate developers also trying to buy that land and that's the conflict because he sends his son to look at the land and put an offer on it and then he comes and falls in love with her and is like no i don't want to buy the land because i want to fuck her up or whatever and the dad's like you have to buy the land or i'll disown you or whatever <laughs> um and it's just really fucking awful like it, <laughs> it's it's so paint by numbers and doesn't really it seems like they didn't even research how like land works like they treat it as though like this guy if if they pay more money then they will get it you know what i mean like there's no agency of the seller of the neighbors like the neighbors already promised it to them and they're like oh no but if you offer more money then you'll get it <laughs> and it's just like taken for taken for granted that the their neighbors will just not sell it to them for like a couple hundred thousand dollars more or whatever mm -hmm. uh really weird movie um but she falls in love with him and then they're like constantly she falls in love with him immediately. Like she's immediately like, do you want to kiss and stuff? Um, and then they kiss and then she finds out he's a real estate developer. And then she's like, ew, I'm disgusted with you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then she immediately forgives him when he's like, no, I don't actually want to with my dad's an asshole or whatever. It's real like hot and cold. And then they like never really hook up um, until the very, very end. So he's like constantly on thin ice with her. Um, I don't know. It's it's really bad. I would not recommend watching this. I don't know how people watch stuff like this. Like, there's stuff that is bad enough for me to laugh at it, but this was just like, ugh, this is so boring. This is why I avoid the Hallmark ones. Like, I don't get how people are watching these, like, extremely paint-by-numbers, terrible acting, terrible writing, and then just being like, oh, it's cute. It's Actually, Christmas. I like it. It's Christmassy. It's really, it's <laughs> just, like, it's, it's, um... It's depressing to think about, right? Because it's like it, it really is just like the the solve on the wound of your life of just like like you don't even <laughs> care that you're just consuming garbage because it's like it's Christmas. It's Christmas. They make it look at the cookies. I wish I had that. I wish I had. I wish my I wish my husband was hot. <laughs> <laughs> like why well, don't I don't get it? Just go make cookies if you're such a fucking freak for cookies <laughs> or whatever. You know, like decorate your house. I don't get it. It sucks. I hate this kind of shit so much. I wanted it to be funnier than it was. Mm. And it is pretty bad. Um, and like has some bad stuff. But it's like there's all these weird bad puns. Like the they're trying to like get in on the like how bad it is kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that it just makes me want to die. I hate that sort uh, of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one's really bad. Okay. We can stop talking about Christmas movies. Let's um, stop. Let's stop. Christmas is over. It's 2023. It's over. I'm throwing my fucking tree out tomorrow. <laughs> the dark cancel has taken hold. And uh, it's montage month now, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about our feature presentation. The feature presentation this month is Edge of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Live, Die, Repeat. Yes. Uh, from 2014, directed by doug lyman um now just before we get into oh my god he directed swingers <laughs> <laughs> this guy directed swingers and the born identity and go i thought paul greengrass directed the born identity what wow, the fuck made a lot of stuff um 
He directed so, Swingers? <laughs> yeah. I thought John Favreau directed Swingers. Yeah. No, it was Doug Lyman. And he also directed Go and Born Identity and Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Jumper. <laughs> is Go any good? I never saw it. Yeah, because I mean, the rest I, of this I, is complete dog shit. Uh, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is bad. Born Identity, I liked when I saw it, I guess. Uh, all this looks really bad. Um, ooh, American Made with Tom Cruise. Um, so have you seen this movie before? No. I was very familiar okay, with it, either. and I remembered people at the time saying how much fun it was. Yes. And I've always meant to watch it. And uh, the other thing that I remember, and I don't know how true this is, I, ca- I wanted to read up on this and then completely forgot to. But as I recall, it came out just called Edge of Tomorrow. That's right. And then at some point, people were like, I think it was like not doing well at first or so. It had like a soft like first week. And they were like, yes. everybody was like, this name sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> like, it's not telling you <laughs> anything about the movie. It's really not descriptive. It's not helpful. Is there anything yes. else we could call it? And they were like, live, die, repeat. That's what it's called now. Just kidding. <laughs> We've made a new name for it. <laughs> yes. No, that is that is true. Um the original title of the movie and they had it's a, the, the the wikipedia says warner brothers invested over a hundred million dollars in a marketing campaign for edge of tomorrow the film was initially titled all you need is kill somehow even is, worse <laughs> it's awful but it at least it's memorable i like it. all you need is kill because i would at least remember it yeah um and it's very japanese sounding mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that's the name of the the manga that it's based off. Yeah, of. I'm not surprised to find out that it's based on a manga because because uh, uh, the Full Metal Bitch uses the most hilarious anime sword. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody uh, else is using but, really practical ranged weapons, and then she, and has, she has a, a gigantic buster fucking buster sword. <laughs> it's awesome. I was really excited to see that. Yeah, it's so. Stupid. And I love that it doesn't uh, even look sharp. <laughs> it doesn't no, look it's like, just a, like a hunk of iron. Yeah. Like the gut sword. It looks like a fucking cricket bat. <laughs> <laughs> so then it says that uh, the pres- the title was changed because negative chatter about the word kill in the title. Mm. Um, and Doug Lyman said he rejected the title because it didn't feel like the tone of the movie I'd made and wanted to rename the film Live, Die, Repeat. But Warner decided to use that as the tagline, um, which I just I think that's also really it's not even that descriptive because it's like live, I guess. Yeah. You're living. Then I guess you die and then live again. I don't know. It just, it feels really surface. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to imagine how to name this movie. It's but a shame. Right. There's already a movie called looper. Right. Cause that would have been a, a good name. For that's it. a decent, but it, not at this time. Right. It wasn't looper later. Uh, maybe in which case, uh, Hey, you fucked up. <laughs> Uh, 2012 uh, so, so it would have been two years prior so yeah so they they the movie didn't do super well at first um and then they changed the they had to change the title i think uh somewhere after it came out um some digital retailers listed the film under the title live die repeat 
colon edge of tomorrow. Um, yeah, that's how it was when I rented it. Yeah, so it's all it all it had a really kind of weird botched release. Um, but I still never did pretty it. well. It seems like. Yeah, it wasn't a flop. It definitely made its money back. It made three seventy on one seventy eight. But for like how good it was, and like how like how much people liked it, how much positive chatter there was about the movie overall, like the word of mouth was out there to go see this movie. Like you'd think it would have done better than this, even though this is fine. This is good. This is a good return on a movie, but it's not like. It's not as insane as you'd expect for this huge of a fucking blockbuster swing with like Tom Cruise in it and shit. Right. In 2014, I, I really think a lot of it had to do with terrible marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird uh, it's a weird study in like make a very fun, good movie that everyone liked um, a fun action movie uh, and then just give it one of the most inscrutable titles <laughs> uh ever and see what happens and it's like it will affect it i think um so so i hadn't seen this movie either um similarly also had a couple people being like whoa you haven't seen that movie it's real cool you should check it out you know and it's just it's one of those things where i was like yeah okay maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> sure I'll, I'll see it one day so the dark council has blessed us with watching it and i checked it out um, and this movie is about a f- future. Uh, I, it's 2020 in the movie. Um, so so in two the past, years ago. <laughs> two years ago. Three years ago almost. Um, and in 2015, aliens show up and they just start fucking killing everyone and they conquer all of Europe and we all get together like would definitely happen <laughs> and uh put away our differences to fight the alien menace and uh and sorry, it's a scottish guy def- in charge that would definitely happen too yeah that would happen <laughs> we'd all respect a guy from scotland <laughs> uh and uh, the united defense force who's a mad eye uh it's mad eye moody right yeah yeah so the united defense force forms a, a, a military alliance and uh so in the most confusing and in frustrating part of the whole movie is the setup to mm-hmm. me i was immediately mad at it yeah um i didn't get i i have some <laughs> appreciation for how little they gave a shit about it and how quickly <laughs> they were like let's just get to what we all came for because <laughs> it's like within 10 minutes you're already it's on the so battlefield quick, yeah. it's so fucking quick and well, i appreciate even... it later on in the movie because of how many more times you see that beginning part i appreciate right. that they were like let's just keep it fucking brisk because people are going to get so fucking sick of it right the movie begins with a literal montage explaining everything we just said uh, Tom Cruise is some kind of like PR guy for the UDF. Um, he's on, on all the nightly news. He's telling people what's going on. And, and he's like the, he seems to be like the state, like the, what do you call those people for the White House? Like the White House correspondent? Yeah, the press correspondent. Uh, like the Yeah, he seems like the press correspondent for the United Defense Force. Yeah, and um, he's like, it, it seems like a big part of his role is like selling 
the like the efficacy of their weaponry, like selling the victories, being like it's g- going great. You should send your young, yeah, yeah. to to be and involved so, in the effort here. And it's Tom Cruise. It's really believable. Like mm-hmm. he's a you know he's the PR guy for the military, and then for some reason, uh, Mad Eye Moody sends him to the front line, not to not even to cover it, yeah, but to fight. Um, well, so at first, is, no, so it's at first he's sending him to, to cover it, and then Tom Cruise tries to, like, wriggle his way out of it and threatens to blackmail Mad-Eye Moody and, um, or Mooney. Is it Mooney? I thought it was Moody. Is it Moody? I don't know. I mean, you, you're you the Harry Potter fan here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're J.K. Good, Rowling's number one fan. It's a good book. I um, think it's written well. <laughs> I think everything she says is right. <laughs> That's true. Um, um, I so 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 I he weird, originally is getting sent to cover it, but he's too scared to go cover it. So he's like, "I'll fucking blackmail you, so I don't have to go." And Mad Eye is like, "Fuck you! Uh, now you're under arrest, and you're actually going to go fight." Um, so he like right. deranks him, turns him into a private, and sends him to go fight on the front lines uh, in the first wave like attack force group like the normandy beach stormers uh he sends him to go be one of those guys so this part is very confusing it's not very i had to go back and like read the wikipedia page just to be like why is he going right and and my boyfriend had seen this movie and i was like why is this happening yeah. what is going on it's i was like are they so gonna tell doesn't us about it fucking matter either it doesn't matter what his role before the movie is. They, honest to God, could have just opened it right from the get-go as, like... I, yeah, he could have been in J-Squad. Like, he could have just been just... in J-Squad. I guess it's, like, it's helpful that he doesn't know them uh, so that later he can use his knowledge of them to, like, prove that he is time-traveling or whatever. But, like, I guess, he could just be some fucking scoundrel. But I guess, like, the problem is it's Tom Cruise. And you're like, nobody's going <laughs> to believe this guy's a fucking scoundrel. He's got to be a... He's got to be a, an officer who's been sure, uh, but I think there's a. I, I just it feels so sloppy, and it feels so sloppy that it feels like there's some conspiracy against him. And when they go back later into Moody's office, I fully expected them to to like flesh that out to be like, oh, this is why he was railroaded into going on the front lines or whatever. No, never any reason. This doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a way to get a guy who doesn't have combat experience onto the front lines and it's i think by far the worst part of the movie it's like it's so sloppy it doesn't it shouldn't be this way they could have done better but now that that's over with you're 15 minutes into the movie and he wakes up and he's on the tarmac of these barracks and they're like you got to get dressed and in tomorrow we're going to go on the front lines and then he goes on the front lines they put him in a suit he doesn't know how to use he it has a it's mech in suit it's very important cool <laughs> mech suits uh oh right it's like it's not a mech suit the way you would imagine like it's not a eva you well know. no 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 so it is it's a traditional mech suit it's it's okay, uh, yeah. like an alien style mech suit a like mech warrior style mech suit that's like right. it's 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 attached to little- your body but you are still exposed you're not in a gundam you're kind of like you're uh what's the word i'm looking for augmented you're like your your yeah. abilities are augmented by the suit it's kind of like a warhammer marine or mm-hmm. you know uh 
yeah, like a loader, but you're not much taller than you actually are. Yeah, um, and you're quite a bit slower, which is an interesting choice. It really seems like they lumber around in those things. Right, but I guess the idea is... Once you get better at it, then you're quite nimble, because the full metal bitch is... is she's flying she's around. She's flying around like a fucking ninja. Like, <laughs> like Cloud, just <laughs> slicing up mimics. Um, so then we're introduced to the aliens on the beach... Um, I don't know why they're landing on a beach from the air. This doesn't really make any sense, but they land on the beach and uh, we're introduced to the aliens who are some sort of like infinitely limbed tentacle monkeys, I guess. Like they, they kind of have like uh, fucking ape rule. faces. I love oh, yeah. how fucked up they look. They're so <laughs> crazy looking. <laughs> <laughs> they were, there was multiple times in this movie there where there'd be a cut to them running or like whatever you, you know like their limbs just flailing all around yeah they move <laughs> and it like would make endless tornado goop things they're yeah, so they're like weird Tas- and i love they're like it. tasmanian devil yes yes they're like tasmanian <laughs> devil but like slime yeah yeah uh but just something about the way they moved made me laugh so hard mm-hmm. like there's a couple of cuts where like you can see them coming and it's supposed to be like oh no they're coming but it like looks like a dog just like drooling everywhere yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's like um i think it's kind of like uh in hereditary when you see the mom crawl across the ceiling and it's like it yeah. is unsettling but it's also really funny and it, i feel like it is supposed to be both a little bit yeah it's i love the the design is so good uh, for these aliens so they're flying around <laughs> just you know just taking names just killing everyone yeah um tom cruise is barely surviving um and then he sees the um rita who who is nicknamed the full metal bitch um, she rules i love her she's cool she's played by emily blunt she is yeah she has a gut sword and she <laughs> She so apparently there was a battle of Verdun, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> and she uh won, like, she single handedly was like killing all of them and like won the battle. Um, and so she became like kind of a hero and she was like in all this marketing material, probably by Tom Cruise. Um, and he sees her and she gets killed, and then he takes one of like the mines and then blows up one of the mimic, the big alpha mimic. There's orange ones who are the little ones. And then there's the blue ones called the alphas. Um, and then later we're introduced to the Omega, but we'll get to that. Right. And so the, the, the alphas, um, he blows up the alpha. He's covered in blue blood and it like eats away his face. And then he wakes up on the tarmac again. And this is the beginning of the premise of the movie, which is that because his blood mixed with the alpha he's now like psychically connected to their network and so we find out the aliens sort of function as like cells of a brain or like neurons of a brain like they're all connected uh like ants yeah um and that he's sort of like in that wi-fi now that sort of network um and he can because of that whenever he dies he resets the day and he started. He, then he will start to get visions of the brain. The they call it the, the omega, which is somewhere chilling, being protected by alpha, and uh, they gotta find it. And then that's 
the movie it's it's sort of hard to there's there's yeah, definitely twists and turns there's like three distinct chunks right there's the first chunk where they're trying he tom cruise like uh finds out that emily blunt also has she had this power in the past now she doesn't have it anymore yes. Uh, but she's able to like, he's basically able to like figure out how to like very sharply and quickly convince her about like the, you know, that, that this is happening to him. This is what's going on. And so every well, time she says she, with a, the way he figures that out is she says, find me when you wake up and yeah. then dies. And this is like on the second or third time he resets. And then she realizes that he's like, ha- has stuff like he knows about stuff that's going to happen and she's like oh you have the thing yeah he does that and he's able to like be like hey i've got the thing you had yeah and so so we we begin a sequence of um of them every time resetting first to train him in combat to actually just like get him to a point where he can actually do anything then right because he sucks because he sucks ass then um then they go through this sequence of like going to the beach over and over and over again and like planning a route through it and like when they have to kill this guy when they have to move this thing to here uh and it's a super fun sequence of just like you just see them going through it a couple times you see a bunch of the times where it doesn't work then like they're really clever in the way that they'll like show you times it doesn't work but then sometimes they'll go really far into it when they know you're going to get fatigued of watching them fuck up over and over so then they'll go further into it for for them to be like this is like our 90th time doing this one um yeah, and yeah. they'll just like <laughs> reference the fact that they've done it before um and uh, at some point they reach a point where they realize like oh fuck we've wasted so much time doing this like this is a dead end we're not getting any fucking closer to it Oh, and then Tom Cruise realizes it's a trap the whole time. They've been going into a trap. Right. So so eventually he starts seeing the visions and he's looking at some like big dam in Germany. Russia. I think it's I, in Germany. Oh, Germany. And uh which is where they originally started. Um and so they're trying to go there. Um does he actually get there? He, yeah, does, he does, yeah, and he, it's an alpha there waiting to ambush him and try to drain his blood so that they can steal his power back. Uh, right, and then he but drowns he, himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is pretty fun. And then uh, he's like, oh, shit, this, but it's not there. There's, they're, they're in the big hole that he thinks the alpha's going to be. He doesn't see it. But then he figures out that it's actually under the Louvre in France. Um and then oh, yeah, he but they also, have to go through the second sequence, which is in order to figure out that it's in the Louvre in France, they have to like use this special machine that this guy invented that they have to get from the military Scott. They have to get it from Mad Eye Moody. So they have to go yes. through this whole sequence of like sneaking their way into it and figuring out how to like get the machine and get it to where they need to get it to so they can get the information. And then they right. find out it's at the Louvre, and then we begin the third act, which is probably the weakest part of the movie. Which yes. is where he recruits all of the J Squad guys from the beginning of the movie, all the little shitheads uh, who uh, he was in with, who you forgot all about because who fucking cares about these guys at all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they want him to have sort of the personalities and like the 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 endearingness of like the original cast of Aliens. But you, know, you like Paxson you don't spend Michelle enough time with them Wait, to Michelle really Rodriguez? give a shit at all. Um, so it doesn't really. Yeah, no, land they're, no, they're the not way. really char- They're not really characters in any way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so it doesn't really you don't care about them you're like oh yeah the fat guy and then the 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 really brusque girl yeah the southern um, girl and uh yeah it's whatever. like who cares uh, so they get to the Louvre. They go through the big suicide mission. It's really dark. It's impossible to see anything that's happening, which is a real fucking shame because right. the first act is really well lit. I really appreciated that about it. I love that the beach sequence is happening during the day and you can see everything. You see shit yeah. happening and it's so rare for fucking action movies to do that now. <laughs> So yeah. that was really appreciated. Uh, and you're in the Louvre and you've got all this iconic shit that you're... <laughs> well, they're not in the Louvre exactly. They're like near the Louvre. Well, so I don't they really be- know how the Louvre works. Yeah, they begin near... So there's like a huge garden in front of the Louvre. Uh, it's like a huge park. Um, and they're, they begin uh-huh. at the other side of that garden. They have to make their way across the garden to avoid all the alphas and whatever um, to get into the Louvre. And, and they need to get through the glass pyramid into a parking garage underneath it to go find him. Um, Yeah, yeah. And you've got all this iconic imagery. You've got Paris, one of those beautiful places in the world. You know, you could absolutely be showing us this shit during the fucking day and, you know, give us what we all came for, (laughs) (laughs) which is Paris. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but it's... Well, I mean, and it's like in in a really in a really pedantic sense, I guess you could argue that it's so close or like it would take them all day to convince them. But like, why not just wait till the morning? It doesn't really matter. Like have the sun come. Imagine, imagine this sequence, but like at, at like dawn, yeah, you know, like the sun's coming up. Golden hour. It would have been awesome. They run into the Arc de Triomphe, right? No, Um, it's, it's just another Arc. Oh, okay. Um, is that not near the Louvre? It's not far, but it's uh, it's it's like uh, elsewhere. Oh, it's not as close as I think it is. Yeah, there's like uh, um, I'm gonna look Pyramid it up. It's like Louvre. it's the Arc de Triomphe They're is in like the a, middle of like a huge roundabout. They look like pretty uh, close to each other. I don't know. I'm looking at the map here. They're a they are a 40 minute walk. Yeah. A 14 minute bike ride yeah listen i mean if you're visiting paris i would recommend doing both in the same day however uh i can tell you that in in <laughs> what is it called the jardin de tuileries <laughs> we speak french <laughs> i sure do uh no it's the it's the smaller arc de triomphe du carousel i believe is what they crashed through oh oh hey i'm looking at it you're probably I'm right. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm fucking looking at it. Yeah, that is exactly the the where it is. Um, okay, I I just know the one arc, but uh, anyway, not the <laughs> There's point. There's a lot the of arcs is, in is Paris. That, You're not going to believe this. <laughs> I've never been there. Uh, Big I, I, uh, arc city. Yes, that's what I hear. So so, but this scene is pretty uh, stupid. Yeah, it starts <laughs> uh, to get for, in what is otherwise an extremely like, you know, charming and fun and interesting. And like, you know, it's, it's a movie that has a lot of like interesting stuff going on. And then out of nowhere, they're like, and what if it was just a stupid action movie now? Why not? (laughs) Well, I feel like this is also where they start making decisions that don't make any sense. Like 
so we didn't really mention the whole thing where they're like doing the thing from the beach till they go to um the barn you know like the whole part where they steal a car yeah and like that part is really good um and like the little decisions where it's like this is the challenge oh now they have to get in the car with their exo suit on and it's ridiculous mm-hmm. and like oh there was like there was bugs you know there was a uh, mimics hiding out in the in the trailer and like all of those like little decisions made a lot of sense in this one it's like all of a sudden they're not wearing their exoskeletons yeah there's no mech suits for no reason i think they like Like, run out of batteries they like reference like how (laughs) they're like they're like missing their batteries and they're like out of ammo and you're like why you guys you guys went to do only this you didn't do anything else it's a suicide mission into the heart of the mimic hideout yeah that you only know because yeah it's just like they start making dumb decisions that i feel like don't even actually high like up the stakes at all like there's now alphas around there could be way there's tons of mimics it's like why don't you just have them shoot them with their exoskeletons and the buster sword like this would have been way cooler oh but they're saying that if they kill one of the alphas then the omega will reset the day and then they all just i know but they only have the one alpha in there and the um, anyway so they whatever they're in the big spaceship and then they go running into the the other arc and then they get in there and then uh what do they do when they get inside they they have to like uh they have to reckon with the fact that they're not going to survive the mission uh but they are going to kill the omega and um uh emily blunt goes to run interference and distract one of the alphas so that Tom Cruise can get in and drop grenades in the Omega's mouth. And uh, he does. He blows it up. Everybody dies. But then he wakes up and surprise, it's a couple days earlier um, or like it's the day before all the shit happens. And uh, somebody's like, have you heard the fucking news? The thing just died for some reason. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this is great. It turns out everything was fine. (laughs) And nobody knows what happened. And except that for whatever reason, they remember each other. And like, no, they don't. They don't. He goes to see her and she's like, what the fuck do you want? Who are you? And he smiles because he's about to tell her I have what you have. And we just did it. And it's great. (laughs) yeah yeah and that's a great ending it's, it's a really, really nice cute. charming little ending to be like it the one person who will understand what happened is her and that's all that really matters to him and he doesn't like really it, you know it doesn't really make a lot of sense that they both are alive and rem- and he remembers and she doesn't but i think it's fine it doesn't matter um it's a good it's a cool decision and you're right and i think i kind of thought the, the implication is- of it i i was a little surprised the thing that kind of like kills it a little bit is that he wakes up at an earlier time. It should have been that he woke up on the tarmac again. Although I don't know now that I think about it, I guess it's, he's only at the tarmac because he's being sent to do the invasion. So he wouldn't have been sent there if no, no, it should have been that he woke up on the tarmac. Yeah, that would make I the think most so. sense. It's like at the start of the loop. Because I thought that kind of the implication was that like he was worried that they took the blood out of him and so he was going to have lost the gift, right? But we don't know the rules of that exactly. So I thought kind of the implication was that they took blood from him, but like not enough to have taken the gift. So he does actually still have it. Yeah, I guess. But he, I guess he, he only 
thought that he didn't have it. He's like, it feels different. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like. Uh, he didn't really confirm it because he didn't right. want to die. You? <laughs> <laughs> How could you without dying? Um, yeah. So, so that's the end. I thought the one of the weirder things in the movie that they felt the need to include that I that I didn't like in the moment, but kind of. Um, I think I've softened on it is is in the cool part where they uh are stealing the car and they go to the farm and he finds the coffee and like the the parts where he like they show that their relationship is deepening or whatever like he like knows her middle name and she's like why would i tell you my middle name and, like mm-hmm. tell me the circumstances and he was like well i don't want to <laughs> you know like yeah it's sort of a weird thing where he's getting to know her but she doesn't actually know him it's like a because every time dates. she forgets yeah exactly uh <laughs> great movie uh <laughs> um but yeah i like that part a lot but i didn't i when it first happened there's a reveal of like where she finds out that they he could have gone further but he couldn't figure out how to do it without her dying yeah and he didn't want to end it without with while killing her and i was like that's a pretty crazy decision to make um because you know now that you've gotten attached to her but this is still like the fate of the world oh sure but i mean for him (laughs) the stakes still continue to be like you know he's just trying to figure it out right because he can the fate of the world only comes at risk if he loses blood right so like as far as he's concerned (laughs) he's like i have full control still like i am fully in the position where if i you know, want to reset. I just fucking dome myself and that's it. Right. Yes. You know, so and, the, and the stakes are still the same for him to like, try to figure out a way to do it. It's not like he's running out of time or anything, you know? Right. He's trying to make the perfect run. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this is the co- fun thing about the movie is like, it's, it's like watching someone learn how to speed run mm-hmm. a, a day, you know, and just be like, how do I make every perfect decision? Yeah. Um, and they just really milk that like the vast like we said like the first two thirds of the movie are just him figuring out how to become the you know and it's funny because like uh it's the same premise as as groundhog day except groundhog day doesn't have any defined stakes like most of his him is just like getting bored and killing himself because he has no purpose Mm -hmm. and then like the very end of the movie he's like oh i'm supposed to fall in love with andy mcdowell yeah i was supposed to do something with this weird yeah (laughs) and and then it's like i guess that would be a reason to live the same day this one has like there's a reason he's living the day over and over again and the defined ending of like what he clearly has to do and then him perfecting it is the movie yeah um it's such a great idea um and in the book, apparently, I haven't read it, but I read the Wikipedia. In the book, they're like, they have to, it's not a single Omega they have to kill. There's like a couple antenna aliens. Sure. Like a couple Omegas that they have to go around and kill because it's an anime and of course. Um, but it turns out at the end, they're both antennas and one of them have to die. Mm, um, like a Horcruxes sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Your favorite book. My favorite book. Uh, <laughs> by, written by my favorite philosopher. <laughs> and she, and uh, so she, I think, basically forces Tom Cruise Cage to kill her. Um, 
or she kills herself or whatever. And then he has to like survive without her. And he paints his mech blue in like remembrance of her, um, which is an okay ending too. Um, I like this ending more, maybe it's just cause I'm an American or whatever, but like <laughs> in a movie like this silly and like absolutely like politically, there's nothing, has nothing to say, <laughs> you know, why you don't need tragedy at the end, you know, like let them, have succeeded and have a nice life together. Why right, not? Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't really care. I think the ending is really cute and they win. I, I do think that there's some like little plot holes in it that like bother me a little. Um, but otherwise I thought this was really fun. I thought I get why everyone was telling me to watch it. Yeah. You, I had a great it is time. The perfect, it is the perfect like sick day. Like every once in a while I'll get that like, I wish I could watch just a really good, stupid movie. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of another great example. Like the first time you ever saw Crank. Yes. You know, uh-huh. like, like it's nothing. There's no reason you have to like rush out and see it. It's stupid, but it's like every single moment is great. Like and you're having a great John time. Wick. Yeah. John Wick two and, and one and two. Fantastic. Fun times. This is that kind. I think this is that level. It's just like, hardly a down moment yeah everything is fun the stakes keep raising if you think about it too much you probably are going to be like this is really stupid but why would you <laughs> you're watching edge of tomorrow live die repeat you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah edge of tomorrow colon live die repeat or live die repeat colon edge of tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> depending on who you ask <laughs> um so yeah i uh i definitely recommend it i liked it a lot yeah definitely recommend so thank you overlords the dark council um for 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 giving us this movie we liked it we recommend it and we didn't really talk about it but like the movie is all montage Mm -hmm. like the way it's and and one thing that's weird about this um (laughs) this very very loose topic uh or whatever theme here is that like i feel like movies like I don't really know what a montage is besides just like editing <laughs> and it's like usually there's music I guess it's like the idea is like it's a, it's a part of the movie where you're given an information dump with like not really dialogue I guess um so it has that it's like kind of a, a lot that <laughs> um but it made me sort of realize I don't really know how a montage is defined. Yeah. Like, does it have to be no, does it have to be no talking? Or is it just like a series of short moments? Like, cause I feel like there is talking in some of them. Yeah. Well, like, you know, the opening montage is like all talking, you know, it's like, it's like news footage. It's like uh, uh, an asteroid has landed in Germany. And then Tom Cruise being like, we're forming the UD. And then it's like, okay, it's just like, it's an information dump, but I would call that a montage. Right. It's, it's, there's like, there's like flowing over images flowing over each other. And it's, I guess it's using sort of a, it's using like a collage of image to either like show, I guess to show the development of something, right? You're showing the development right. of either a situation or a time period or just like one scene. Like I'm thinking of like a, you know, like a dressing, like a dress up montage. You're showing, you know, the progression <laughs> of the dress up session, you know? <laughs> or just like, yeah, I mean, I guess the classic one is like 
getting stronger, like leveling up. Yeah, you know, like, uh-huh. You're using okay, it to show the passage plays. of time, but also like the progress of something from one state to another. Right, exactly. Uh, and it's not just like a conversation between two characters or whatever. Um, it's really, it's. I feel like it's weirdly hard to define, um, but I feel like nobody, everyone knows it when they see it. You know, like like you definitely like this <laughs> famously like porn, um, but I, yeah, I don't feel like you're ever. I mean, I said Sans Soleil is like all montage because it's just like images with a voiceover, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's no voiceover. It's just like you know, a shop in China, and then a road, and then a flamingo, and then it's just like it, that movie is just a dream. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, Jeremy. Um, a French documentary called Saint Soleil. No. Um, it's good. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good. <laughs> uh, you know I have. <laughs> I know you have it, but I would thought I'd ask. Uh, <laughs> but that movie's good. That guy, uh, he's the guy who did the uh, the short film that was the inspiration for 12 Monkeys. Uh which is called La Jetie. I do remember also this fun. from a previous time referencing that movie. Uh, it sounds like yeah. it's a good movie. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sur- I'm interested to see what montages will come for us next week. Uh, <laughs> because this one, I felt very much like this one deserves to be in montage month. Yeah, um, definitely. It yeah. is. It is kind of the king of montage. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's so I liked it. Thanks again. My Dark brain Council. doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's not even that late. It's not even that late, but I like did not sleep last night. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Jeremy's hungover. He biked too much and got hungover. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you'd like to be a part of the Dark Council and decide what we're going to listen to and what the next theme is going to be, or just you want to get the bonus episodes, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss. You'll also get discord access where we watch the movie that we're going to talk about on the main episode. And we also just hang out and have a lot of fun conversations. So go and hang out with us there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Gen Loss pod and follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.